Shayla Addison's. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us today as we discuss the issues of the day. We kind of bat things around, mm-hmm. um, you know, looking at those things through a biblical lens. And, uh, man, you know, sometimes trying to make sense of, of what's happening around us, just like you're trying to make sense of it yeah. and still live for the glory of God. And so we appreciate that you tune in on a regular basis to hear us doing that. It means a lot. We don't take it for granted. We understand that your radio or that your podcast, uh, you have options. You mm-hmm. have options. And so the fact that you choose to listen to us means a lot. We appreciate it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Jay Tross is uh, over in Studio CC, and uh, he'll be queuing up your calls in the last segment of the show so that we can get your take on some of the things we're going to talk about. Because what I want to do is not common in the first segment, but I do want to move quickly through a bunch of different um, kind of news stories that uh, we may not spend an entire, you know, a whole lot of time on, but we're going to kind of get through them. First thing I want to say is Will the Great, Mm -hmm. as you know, and I haven't been very vocal about it on the radio, but I have been... um, you might say really vocal about it at home, the two of us talking <laughs> about it. And um, and I've been going back and forth because, you know, you enter into a time where you say, OK, our country is in a bit of a crisis. And um, if you were listening, I think yesterday we uh, talked about how the president was announcing that there would be like two rounds of aid that's going to be given out uh, mm-hmm. to the American people and to small businesses. And we talked about this. It was breaking news yesterday. I thought it was a big deal. Um, I thought the idea, the thought yeah. behind Americans suffering uh, through no fault of their own yeah. um, is something that we need to not just sort of, you know, graze over, that we needed to spend a little bit of time uh, talking about that. And and I know that we have listeners, we have families um, who are responsible and who are doing the right thing yeah. and who will be adversely affected by what is happening in our country right now without a doubt. Um, but I also want to remind our listeners before I go too far into this, I want to remind our listeners of where the Addison started in this conversation. The first question is, to whom do we look? And it is that we look to the Lord. Right. Amen. And that in the body of Christ, we respond when we can. We do what the Lord right. leads us to do. We dedicated an entire show to four steps <laughs> that would be the response of the Christian. And none of that involved looking to the government. So the reason I say that is because for what I'm going to say now, I want you to go back and listen to the archives so that you can temper what I'm about to say now with what I have already said. Because I don't want anyone to say, well, Miki, the government is not our source. Um, If you listen to this show, you know that we know that. You know that we know that. We've never made that mistake, and I don't think anyone would accuse us of that. But I want to say this. There's something that has has troubled me, you know, when I think about what is going on in our country. And I think about so many of our listeners, so many longtime supporters of American Family Radio, American Family Association. And I know that through no fault of your own, you will be adversely affected by what is happening in this country. Mm-hmm. And we are, by God's grace, such a wealthy nation. 
we seem to come to everybody's aid. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's <laughs> we true. seem to come to everybody's aid That's when true. there is a disaster abroad, when there is a natural disaster, right? <laughs> yeah. The Americans are showing up. We yeah. are on site. Like we are, we are, we're, we're mobilized. I mean, we've got, you know, emergency action that kind of, you know, springs into place and, mm-hmm. and there are dollars that start shifting around and headed into these different areas. And rarely will you hear Americans say, you know, we don't need to help them. We don't need to help them. I mean, most Americans are like, you know, watching the news. And so you see when these disasters happen. You see when there's like dire, desperate need all around the world. Most people are moved with compassion. Their first thought is, man, what can I do? Right. Right. So you find a lot of what now we have, you know, as popular as crowd surfing. So now you are crowdfunding, crowd surfing, <laughs> crowdfunding. Sorry, it's a different type of environment. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a um, little different. But, you know, and so we have ways where we can we can meet each other's needs. And yeah. you see people doing this all across the country, all around the world, in fact. And now here we are. And I think it's so important. And, and, and there was something that upset me. And, you know, I've been kind of batting this around in my mind. Because when the president started talking about when the administration started talking about it, there were even whispers that there would be some sort of aid or some sort of relief to the Mm -hmm. American people. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got some very sinister motives that kind of start working beneath the system. You know what I mean? Kind of bubbling just beneath the surface. Swampy type stuff. Swampy type, you know, (laughs) you know, primordial ooze type stuff. Just, you know, um, if you will. And one of those things, there's a couple things that was said, and I, I, I want to kind of paraphrase those things, but I was reading a story. This was like maybe a few days ago, maybe four days ago now. And Andrew Yang, okay, who was running for president on the Democrat side, who yeah. was, you know, su- su- supported or was pushing this universal basic income, UBI, right? Um, where every American, I think, would get like $1,000 or $1,500 right. a month just, just because, mm-hmm. just because, right? Which is... The average America or American, and I would say the, the average person living in America who is listening to this program, can I just say it like that? I want to mm-hmm. really narrow it down, right? Finds that utterly ridiculous because there's no one who I think has common sense would believe that there's just a never ending supply of funds and resources. Yeah. Where right? is it coming from? Like, what, what? where is it coming from? Right. Like, where, where is this questions. $1,500 a month coming from exactly. without end? Okay. So, Andrew Yang was one. Um, then, of course, there were other Democrats, but then there was another one most recently, and I, I was watching a news program, and I saw her say this and heard her say it. She was another presidential candidate on the Democrat side, it's Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard said she was thrilled to hear about, um, you know, aid going to Americans and, and thought that this could be the start of, you know, $1,000 a month just going to Americans just because. Just because. Hmm. She said that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so listen, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's insanity. That is not who we are as Americans. Right. If you look at what has happened in the past two years and you look at what has transpired with our economy, Mm -hmm. with our unemployment numbers, um, you look at how Americans have gone back to work because we have had an economy that favored that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Where you, you look at people who are like not only finding, I, I should say, rediscovering the joy of work, right? Because of, you know, previously two terms of living in what would be like depressed conditions, because all right? Where, jobs. Because <laughs> there's no jobs, because governments do not want to expand because there's all these regulations and all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. That changed. But now all of a sudden mm-hmm. you have Americans, and I cannot stress this enough, 
through no fault of their own. Right. This is not because people were out there buying up houses that they couldn't afford. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. This is people going about their daily lives, minding their own business, and then suddenly being told, you cannot leave your house. Mm. You need to be at home. This is businesses being told, you know what? You cannot serve customers in your restaurant. Only drive through, only takeout. Mm -hmm. These are people who are landlords, who own property, who their tenants are not working. So the tenants are trying to decide, well, I mean, how long can we stay here if mm. we don't pay rent? Yeah. So then the landlords are not getting rent. So then they're not making the money that mm. they normally make, right? Mm -hmm. So, and there's all kinds of ripple effects to what's happening. Right. So when you hear the president say that his, his mission and his focus is America first, right? To me, this becomes another iteration of that. Mm -hmm. This is what the president is. This is not, um, if you will, in my opinion, all right? This is not Barack Obama saying, you know what? Our economy is trash, so just give everybody some cash. <laughs> All right, right? Yeah. I mean, like you'd never want to put that on a bumper sticker, but that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Right. Our economy is trash. Give everyone some cash. And this is the kind of stuff that we look up on with disdain. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of stuff that we, as conservatives, that we say, no, this is ridiculous. This is how do you, you the system needs to be changed. Yeah. What we have in leadership needs yeah, to be it, changed, frankly. Please. Please. <laughs> okay? And so here we are right now with that change in leadership, which mm -hmm. for many of us as Americans, you know, <laughs> man, this was God's grace to us. God's grace to our country. Right? Amen. Amen. And so now what do we see? This is not us kind of descending or spiraling down into what would be um, a love or a desire for socialism. I would say this respectfully. Many Americans, I think, are too smart for that. Now, there are some who, you know, if this becomes sort of like their, you know, their their pre-taste of socialism and they think that they like it, they were already on the track mm -hmm. for socialism. <laughs> OK, like yeah. this is not this is not it, because I think for many people being in any way controlled by the government where you feel you, you, you feel like you cannot leave your home. Right. You're told when and where and how many mm -hmm. you're like, no, we I mean, there's no you know, there's there's not going to be any aid package that's going to come to you. That's going to make you want this perpetually. <laughs> right. Right. I don't right. I don't care how many checks are going to come to your house. You're not you're not going to want to be controlled by the government. No, not at all. Most so what is won't. the point that I'm making? The point that I'm making and, and you heard it if you were listening to um, the news as we came in. This is something that I have been lamenting to Will for days, just behind closed doors, right? That the American people, and, and I don't say this, I am not one of those, you know, um, only us, we don't care about anyone else. That's not, I because I, I understand what it is also as a believer to have a kingdom mindset and that there are Christians who are affected in all all parts of the of the world. So I'm, I'm not one of those people that say only America. Mm-hmm. But I am one of those people that says America first. Yeah. We have been very good to a lot of people all around the world. It's, true. it's OK. It's OK for Americans to take care of Americans. Yeah. You know, one of the things I said, and I don't have an economics background and which let me let me say this, because I know that um, on the Hamilton corner, 
uh, Abe is going to talk to Dan Celia. And so I think that's going to be worth listening to and and to hear his take on what is coming from uh, the Trump administration as far as aid to Americans and why we should stop calling this stimulus. Mm. Because, you know, even that, I think, misrepresents what is happening for the American people, not to the American people, for the American people. Mm-hmm. Americans, which, I mean, technically, when you look at it, it's it's your money anyway. Mm-hmm. It's your money. You know what I mean? This this is this is <laughs> it's like if anyone's going to have relief from a disaster that you did not cause. I mean, shouldn't it be the the people who have I mean, the yeah. government doesn't have the ability to make its own money. Well, I'm you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to, you know, yeah, I don't mean print. I mean, you know, yeah, you guys understand yeah. what I'm saying. So so that's my I, I have a I have a Facebook post and it's been shared just a few times. And um, and and I'm, I'm glad that it's resonating with people. But I think that Americans have got to see themselves differently. This is not some sort of, you know, precursor to socialism. This is not Americans are lazy and they just want to hand out. Um, I don't see it this way. Now, look, there will be people who will only be in it for. Oh, OK. Well, when when's the check hitting? Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to stop that. That's a heart issue. That's a heart issue, right? That's greed. That's covetousness. You're not going to be able to stop that. That is something that has to be worked out in conversion, right? And it, it, you can tell a lot about a person and how they respond in situations like this. But for the vast majority of Americans who want to work, who, you know, I, you know, and especially men, well, I, I think about, you know, especially men who want to get up every day mm-hmm. and go to work. And women, too. I'm not. But just understand me here. Yeah. I'm thinking of heads of families, heads of families who feel helpless. I think for aid to go to those families, I think that is the right thing to do by this administration. And I'm glad that this administration is moving quickly. And I think that when, you know, President Trump says... America first. Mm-hmm. We have seen him display that. And this is no different. That's this right. is no different. Man, I intended to get to so many other stories. I just, <laughs> man, it just went off. Soap anyway, box. I just want, <laughs> I know it's my soapbox. I've been talking to you about this for days. It was sort of like pent up. I just had to <laughs> get it out. All right. Um, what, what I'm going to do is we're going to grab the break. Maybe we'll get some of the stories in, in the last segment. Um, in the middle segment, when we come back, though, we're going to talk to Scott James, the author of the book, Where is Wisdom? It's a children's book, and we love it already. Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio will be right back. on the Addisons on American Family Radio. In this segment of the show, we're going to make a shift to some things that I love a lot, and that would be books for Christian kids. I love books for this often forgotten generation of the church, the younger generation. And so I want to talk about it. I'm very excited. I got to kind of test this book out on my kids, and, (laughs) um, and 
I'll, I'll tell the author, we're going to go to our, our guest here. I'll tell the author when we have him on in conversation um, what the report was, mm. right? Because, you know, I don't know if they can, they can be pretty hard cares. too. So they're very, they're, yeah, yeah. yep. I they, mean, they look at everything. They're very hard to please. The illustration, they, the, the, you know. The illustration, and they had comments on all of it. Okay, all right. So now well. look, Scott James is like, whoa, uh, can we postpone? <laughs> can we get no. Can we get it in some notes? No, it's good. All right, let me introduce our guest, and then let's talk about the book, Where is Wisdom? A Treasure Hunt Through God's Wondrous Word, inspired by Job chapter 28. Our guest is Scott James. He serves as an elder at the church at Brook Hills. He and his wife, Jamie, have four children and live in Birmingham, Alabama. He works also as a pediatric physician. Mm. So I'll be nice. We might get some tips today. All right. (laughs) He's the author of two family worship books, including uh, The Expected One, Anticipating All of Jesus in the Advent and Mission Accomplished, a two-week family Easter devotional. Um, He joins us today to discuss his recent book, Where is Wisdom? Dr. James, thank you so much for joining us. You can come in now. Hey. I just kind of always wanted to tell <laughs> a doctor you. he could come in. <laughs> <laughs> My, how the roles are reversed. <laughs> I know, I know. So let me just tell you. So, you know, it's not often that I get to impress my kids. They're kind of over us now, you know, as parents. Our oldest, we have five. Our oldest is 13 and the youngest is three. And um, so I pulled this book out and I said, I want to read this book to you. And so, and to you guys, and they were, they were really excited, you know. And, uh, and then I said, and guess what? I'm going to interview the author of this book, which they just thought was really super cool. So I've got to tell you that my 13-year-old, because... I mean, I don't know that she's your target age group. <laughs> I don't think that she is. But um, as I was reading through it and doing sort of like the kindergarten teacher, you know, hold the book up and turn the pages and everything. When I got to the end, I was very surprised because she was the first one to speak. And she said, wait, that's it. It's mm. th- the book is over. And I said, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then my 10 year old said. The illustration is amazing. They loved this book. I mean, they just sat very quietly and they were fully engaged. And so I just want to say kudos to you for writing a book that is beautifully laid out, but is also powerfully based on the Word of God. And so thank you so much for doing that. Oh, thank you. That makes me just delighted to hear. Well, it's the truth. And if they were here, they would tell you. Unfortunately, they would also say, uh, if they didn't like it, they'd say, uh, uh," you know. (laughs) So anyways. That's good. Yeah, no, the good thing is I know that I can trust them. Let's talk about why you were prompted to write this book. You know, I think most of the time when um, parents uh, think of the book of Job, we approach it very carefully Mm. with our kids because we don't want them to sort of get the wrong idea about God, you know? So we're very careful about how we read it and reading it together, at least in our family we are. And so for you to take a chapter out of Job, I think says a lot about, you know, the importance of this book and even kids understanding it. So talk about that a little bit. It's an intimidating book, isn't it? There's there's a, <laughs> a lot of ways in which, as a, as a parent, I'm, I want my kids to dive into every part of Scripture, mm-hmm. right? I'm not trying to simply cherry-pick mm-hmm. uh, right. little passages here and there. I'm trying to get them deep in all aspects of Scripture. So, I'm, you know, I'm always on the lookout for ways in which I can sort of creatively engage their hearts with different aspects of God's Word that they might not have come across. Uh, Job 28 jumped out at me in the midst of this kind of really um, uh, serious book. You know, lots of stuff going on, lots of trials, tribulations that we're talking through, a lot of uh, circular conversations happening that will leave your head spinning. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of all of this, uh, Job breaks out and 
chapter 28 with this poem. He just mm-hmm. drops this poem, this hymn to wisdom in the middle of it. Uh, and he, he's kind of highlighting to the people he's talking with at that time, his friends, he's highlighting to them that even though this world is full of uncertainty, even though this world is uh, full of all these things that we've been talking through, uh, God is still in control. And so in the mm-hmm. end, it's this, it's this chapter that shines a light on the world God has created and put in front of us. And it really, the, the beginning part of this chapter uh, just dives into the endeavors of mankind, just mm-hmm. digging up treasures and finding gold and silver and gems everywhere, and just how how good men are at sort of diving deep into the world and pushing back the darkness and finding the treasures. Um, and yet, kind of in the midway point, of this poem, he pauses, and you can almost hear the author like shrug his shoulders and say, "Is this all there is?" Mm-hmm. And you're finding like that the people are not finding ultimate satisfaction in the things that they're discovering, the things that they're digging up, the treasures that they're finding. And it's that old adage that they're they're focused on the gift rather than the giver. They're focused on the creation rather than the creator. And so the, the the latter part of this chapter just kind of turns the spotlight on God, and it just highlights His sovereignty, His goodness, His um, uh, just the fact that He's in control of it all, and He's the one who ultimately gives us all these treasures of earth. Um, yeah, and then and then it wants us to be in a right relationship with, with God, and so the book, the the, the the chapter end, and my book ends with just this call to fear the Lord, just the, the fear of the Lord. That's wisdom. Um, yes, and, and, and it ends with. I just I want to I want to be I want my life to be in line with him, right? And I want to mm-hmm. have a good relationship, a right relationship with him through his son, and I want my life to be a reflection of his glory. So I want to I want to obey his commands. So mm. yeah, I'm just looking for a creative way to get that concept in front of my kids. Well, I think you found it. I I mean, I just I really enjoyed this with our children. I enjoyed um, watching them enjoy it, and you know we we've tried to teach them to love the word of God. And so to see something sort of come to the pages of a storybook like this was really cool for them. So tell me then, because one of my kids pointed out, this is something, you know how, you know, as a parent, you start to get old and and you miss the little details that are so important, but kids pay attention to all of it. Right. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that one of the kids asked me, they said, do you notice the person who is almost depicted on every page? Like there's a, there's a person. So Mm -hmm. are we, are we, is this, is this Job or is this just a different character? Who is this throughout the book um, searching for wisdom? That's a good question. Yeah, the, the, yeah, kind of the immediate guess is, ah, it's probably Job. In my mind, it's not Job. It's a okay. guy that I just call the, the treasure hunter. Uh, okay. So he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an unnamed character, but he ends up kind of taking on the mantle of being our visual tour guide. So as I love we're it. reading through the wonders of this world, uh, this is just a character that I kind of uh, envisioned as, uh, being the one who is, uh, hopefully we're all going on the journey, but he's the one on the pages of the book who's kind of leading us through the treasure hunt. Well, I got to tell you, I was I was fully engaged going on the journey myself, right? So I didn't even notice the treasure hunter. Like I was I was going on the journey just reading, and it was one of our daughters who said, do you notice this person who's almost in every scene? And I and then I start flipping through and I go, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And and she's like, I think that's the person that's looking for wisdom. And I just kind of assume that it was Job. So it's good that I'll be able to go back and, and let them know what what do you hope that kids take from this book ultimately as they sit down to read it or as parents read it to them? I, I hope that in families, for so moms and dads, as well as the kids, because 
uh, man, a lot of times as parents, I don't know if you guys can relate with this, but we, we get a little, uh, little jaded from time to time. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that for all, for the families that are engaging this, that this just ignites wonder that kind of as you're in that front part of the book and you're going on this treasure hunt, and you're, you're actually kind of taking a tour through the wonders of creation. Uh, it's kind of, it really parallels Job 28, but as the book tours you through the wonders of creation, uh, I, I hope that it ignites wonder in our hearts so that we we can see and comprehend how great our God is, that He is the creator of all these things. And, and so mm-hmm. I, I really, I, I want people to kind of be uh, alive and excited about um, just the, the wonder and majesty of God. And then ultimately in the end, my key takeaway is going to be, I hope, I really hope that it points them to, to Him and, and to trusting in Him and to knowing Him truly and to living a life that is a uh, an overflow of our love for him. So in, in the end, it's going to point to Jesus as well, because um, from from my perspective, from my vantage point in the, on this side of the cross, mm-hmm. if I'm talking about having a right relationship with God and living in obedience to his will, uh, I, I, I can only do that through the person of Jesus Christ and his work Amen. on my behalf. So, so I want, even though it's in Job, even though it's in Old Testament, mm-hmm. I really do think Job 28 points to Jesus. So what did you... What did your kids think of the book? <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> My kids are—they're like yours. They're—they're—they're uh, uh, they're over me, right? Like they're not, they're not pressed. They're—they're—I'm uh, just—I'm just that guy. I'm just dad. And I love right. it. They're—they're—they're um, they're, they're good discerning characters. Um, I wrote this book <laughs> for them directly. So yeah. any—to uh, be honest—any of the books I've written, any of the family worship devotionals or, or children's books that I've written. I, to be honest, I, I don't have time to be out there just kind of writing other stuff for, for, for random fun hobbies. Um, so I, I write for my kids. I write for my home. Wow. Uh, I write stories that I think would capture their hearts and that I think would disciple them and, and minister to them. Uh, so yeah, we, awesome. we actually, it, the, the genesis of this is that it, uh, it was a sermon at our church. Hmm. So my pastor, uh, preached a sermon on Job 28 mm-hmm. and my, imagination was set on fire and i just mm, loved awesome. the imagery and the message of god god is sovereign trust in him yeah uh and so over the course of the next few days my kids and i and my wife we sort of talked through it during family worship we have a time almost every day where we kind of come together and just read the word together and pray and mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. um and we just kind of unpacked this sermon um and, and it, it was a concept that was really really i could tell it was clicking in their mind yeah and, and so I took those conversations, and essentially that that, that was the seed thought that, that made me sit down to start writing wow. the book. So when I, when I read the first draft of the book to them, they all kind of looked at each other, and they're like, yeah, that's just what we've been talking about. So, <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. That's good. like, there's Dad. He's just a skilled author. There he is. Yeah, that's, that's what we've been discussing, Dad. We're over it. Like, I mean, it's just your kids are used to you. That That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Get, All right. Let me let me ask this then. because I, I've got two. That's really good. <laughs> We've got uh, two copies of the book to give away. And so what I want to do right now is um, and again, I think that the target age is ages like three to eight or four to eight. Um, maybe a little bit older, like I said, you know, I, I did read it in the presence of my 13-year-old and my 12-year-old, and they didn't get up and storm off like they were fully engaged and wanting more. Um, but I would like to say that uh, if you have kids within that age group and you want to call us right now, callers, let's just do 7 and 10, callers 7 and 10 um, at 888 
888-589-8840 will each get their own copy of this book and uh, it will be a blessing to you and your family. Uh, it will be a blessing to your family library. Hopefully you're building one and this can be a part of it. Um, Scott, let me ask you this. If a parent were to bring this book home, so we're giving away a couple copies and then we're going to discuss how our listeners can get copies for themselves. What would be the best way that you would suggest tackling this book? Would you suggest um, maybe kind of talking through like a background or an overview of Job or just reading the book and having um, a discussion on wisdom in general? Hopefully the book is laid out in a way that you could just dive right in. So the the opening page of the book is just this open call to, to, to look at this world the Lord has made and to just kind of uh, see how, how glorious the Lord is in, in His creation. So it's an it's a opening, inviting, all call at the beginning. So just, I would say, dive in with your kids at bedtime or whatever kind of storybook reading time uh, you have in your house. And then when, you're, when you get to the end of it, I really hope that it sparks some really gospel-rich conversations as, as you as you think through wisdom and looking to God for true wisdom and, and ultimately how Jesus Christ uh, is, the, is the embodiment of that wisdom. Um, so yeah, hopefully it's triggering some gospel conversation. Uh, I, I do kind of end it with a little kind of parent connection. Uh, so there's some mm. uh, low hanging fruit for a parent to be able to just grab uh, and, and, and <laughs> immediately make kind of a, a connection to the new Testament. I point them to Colossians uh, to, to see how uh, this can you know, really point to Jesus. Um, and I mean, for, for me, I, I, I always find it fun when, uh, if, when a kid hears this book for the first time and then sometime in the near future, right after that, it, when they actually read Job chapter 28, not a very long chapter of the Bible. So mm-hmm. that a, a kid, yeah. a reading level kid can pick up Job 28 and read it and to see their eyes light up with recognition mm-hmm. wow. to see the word of God kind of like, uh, they've got these images kind of, seared into their head of, of these, these pictures of, of what Scripture is, is talking through. So I always I, I point them to Jesus, I point them to Colossians uh, in the book, but I also encourage families to, you know, like Reading Rainbow used to say, don't just take my word for it, pick up the Bible yourself, <laughs> mm-hmm. read Job 28 yourself. <laughs> yes. Job 28 is way better than my book, so read Job 28, <laughs> and if in the end I'm pointing families to Scripture to read, read word, the Word of God together, then I'm, I'm feeling good. It's so good. Where can our listeners uh, pick up a copy of the book and maybe get their hands on some of your other devotionals that are out there? There are anywhere books are sold online. Uh, so Amazon, uh, christianbook.com, all the, all of the usual uh, places. Uh, actually, for, uh, um, for Where is Wisdom, I think on lifeway.com right now, I think they're running a pretty decent uh, price on it. So you might, you might want to check out lifeway.com uh, for that. Um, I would say wherever books are sold, uh, in person, but uh, I think a lot of those stores are on limited business hours yes. quarantining right now. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. That's that's true, Dr. James. The book is Where is Wisdom? A Treasure Hunt Through God's Wondrous Word, inspired by Job chapter 28. And the author has been our guest this segment, Dr. Scott James. We're going to grab a break and we'll be right back on the other side of this break. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Don't go anywhere.
so important that our listeners know how much they mean to us and how much we pray for them and how much we care about what is happening in your day-to-day lives and you know even though we kind of know each other only through this 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 medium if you will yeah um the body of christ is all over the world right and so there is a deeper connection that we have than that we share the same um social views or the same political views uh we're going to live for eternity with each other if we've been if we've been purchased and redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ, then we're going to live for eternity with each other. And um, and that's a bigger deal than um, us sharing the same political views, which that's great. We can all, you know, to a certain extent, agree with each other and sharing the same social views. And that's great. We all want to hang out with each other, but we're going to live for eternity, um, worshiping the Lord together. And that's a really big deal. Welcome yeah. back to Aaron the Addison's. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's Jay Carter with Going Up. Hello. Oh, <laughs> not not yonder, because I I no, would have I would have added yonder. Okay, I was like, man, did I lose Will? Well, like, did he drop most, out? No, no, no. I think most people know that that's is, is going up yonder, but he called it going up. So that's what so yeah. that's fine. I mean, he's he's trendy, you know. Yeah. So anyway, we talked about um the president and mm-hmm. the aid that will come to the American people. I think there'll be more information that will come out as a result of that. Um, I realized that in the in the first segment I referenced uh, Dan Celia, but if you don't listen to the news before the show uh, mm. comes on, then you don't have really a point of reference to understand. But I was reading a press release from Dan Celia, and uh, he mentioned this on his financial issues program where he talked about um, the way that we see what the government is doing right now um, during this coronavirus pandemic uh, should not be seen the same way. Um, the couple years following that and what was called a stimulus. And um, I agree with Dan Celia in so many ways. Um, it's just, you know, I think he's spot on that Americans that um, the Trump administration need immediately to stop calling this a stimulus bill. Mm-hmm. Um, look, do I think that some fiscally conservative um, politicians and some of our representatives have sort of lost their moorings. Yeah, I do. I do. And I think, um, I think, you know, a lot of us, uh, Ted Cruz included, (laughs) of Mm -hmm. course, of course I wouldn't have done my video the way he did his, you know, uh, (laughs) go look it up. Um, Anyways, but you know, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of spending that is sort of just being normalized, Mm -hmm. um, you know, by our lawmakers, even those who are, supposed to be fiscally conservative. And so I do think that we um, want to dig in where we must dig in. But I think giving aid to the American people is not one of those. No, I'm a fiscal conservative and and I don't care. I I think it's the same thing that when there is a natural disaster and Americans spring into action, um, some out of their own means, some responding or working in tandem with the federal government when when um, there is a major response that's required I think that's how we ought to see this. And so anyway, I agree with Dan Celia. Um, Let me just quote him here. 
he says, um, Dan Celia says, quote, we have no trouble finding money when we are sending it for relief uh, from a typhoon, earthquake or wildfire. We send aid. It's what we do. What is happening in Washington right now is approving a package for aid to the United States of America. Mm. This is not stimulus that has a negative connotation to it. Is it money we wish we weren't spending? Of course. But that was not caused by America or a fumbling economy. This is a temporary catastrophe caused by a black swan event, a virus. This temporary event is having a dramatic impact on our economy and causing sickness, death, and hardship on the American people. Washington needs to stay working on whatever aid is necessary for businesses, both large and small, and for the individual American worker, end quote. And um, I think pretty soon there will be an action alert out, um, including more of this verbiage that I think that our listeners will want to read. Um, This is the time where we act first. As Christians, we pray. We mm-hmm. ask the Lord what we should do. Mm-hmm. Each of us should be responding in our own spheres of influence. But then also in a situation like this, I think we have to take a step back and realize that, I mean, I my agreement that there should be support for the American people does not mean that I think someone who is unwilling to work should just eat. Yeah, yeah. And, do, and <laughs> Go do ahead, you, Will. Do you, but do you see any risk at, of this at all? And this is one of the questions, something we were talking about, of this pushing yeah. us uh, closer towards uh, a general public just wanting socialism and more dependence of, of no government. i i don't i don't see that and the reason i don't see well and i and i would just quote what you've said actually as we've been talking about this behind closed doors um i i think that that your point is a great point and that you know after this administration, and we hope that there is a second term, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, this is what we pray for because we know what the alternative is, and right. we know what the alternative seeks to do. Um, but post this administration, I do believe that there are people who have um, sinister plans for the United States of America. I mean, the president yeah. had to flat out say, "We will not become a socialist country." <laughs> I mean. Why would he have to say that if it's not so glaringly obvious that that's the direction that so many people want to take us in? Yeah. So if we're going in that direction, it's not going to be aid to the American people that does that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be people's own covetousness, their own selfish desires that lead us or that pull us in that direction. It's going to be leadership that we don't prayerfully put in office. It's going to be people we just vote for because we feel like, you know, maybe I like their hair or I like what they say on this issue. Mm. But I will tell you, I think that this aid package to the American people and however Mm -hmm. that looks and Mm -hmm. however that all shakes out. I think one of the things that's important to note is that it's also coupled. And and I want to be careful in how I say this, Will the Great, but it's coupled with a lot of government control right now. Mm. I don't think that people would feel like, yeah, we just we just need a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred a month from the government. And sure, you know, we're going to give up meeting together at church. Sure. We're going to give up congregating in groups of more than 10. Yeah, that's great. We want to, you know, be out of beef on the shelves and, you know, be bartering with toilet paper like nobody wants to live like Venezuela. Like nobody's no one's gaming for that. And I think if there's if there's going to be any positive effect. And I think that there will be many actually. Yeah. And that remains to be seen. But, but I, I think there will be many positive effects on the other side of coronavirus. I I really do. But I think if there's going to be one positive, it is going to really shine the light on what socialism could look like. 
And if it means for one second the loss of freedom that, you know, people are like, well, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. Then I think people are rejecting that. You might be right about that. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that Bernie, you know, (laughs) as much as he thinks that people want democratic socialism. I mean, (laughs) there's a reason that the people keep saying, boy, go sit down. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, that's what you're saying when you don't when you don't vote for him. That's what you're, you're saying. Go sit down. And, and and I think as long as Americans continue to have their eyes open and as long as the Lord continues to be our source, Amen. right? As, as long as we continue That's to important. look to the Lord and put our hope in the Lord, not in government, not even in our form of government, right. but in the wisdom that comes from God who in his sovereignty mm-hmm. and in his wisdom has afforded us this form of government. Let's right. continue to go back to the source. Amen. Right. And I think that that becomes a safeguard for us. But no, I don't fear it will, because I look at, you know, and and you and I lived through this. Um, I look at post Hurricane Katrina, Mm -hmm. where there were so many people who were just reveling in the government assistance that was coming as a result of this disaster. Those people were going to be those people no matter what. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. that disaster didn't make them lazy. Mm-hmm. It didn't make them dependent on government. Mm-hmm. If you are lazy and if you think that government is supposed to take care of you from cradle to grave, it's not a natural disaster that causes that. That is a heart condition that has to be checked. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I don't think that many Americans are like that. I think, you know, many Americans are like, you know, excuse me, a thousand dollars a month when I was working. Like people, you know, like yeah. They're, yeah. they're like, what am I, you know, okay, let's see what we can do with that. I don't, right. I just don't, I right. don't see that as a precursor or even something that is like an appetizer to socialism. I really don't um, for a number of reasons. And I just listed many of them, but I just don't see it that way. And I I think we've got to value. um, We've got to value America. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We've, we've, we've got to value America. It is okay. It's like, you don't want to be, um, you know, the anecdotal starving baker Mm -hmm. who helps everybody else, but his own family doesn't have bread. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, and pulled on in so many different directions and always feels like he needs to help outside of his family because that's the right thing to do. And then at home, you know, his wife doesn't have bread for their kids. I, I just think, you know, in the United States of America, we don't need to be that way. I will also say this. We need to continue praying. Um, it seems like it's unbelievable. It seems like it's not real. But if I had not heard firsthand accounts myself when you think about what is going on in our public school system and how kids Mm. are in need I would not have believed it Um, the Detroit public school system in one day in one day one day served nearly 26,000 families and students um, using meal pickup because the kids are out of school Mm. 26,000 families and students were serviced with breakfast and lunch. And that was Detroit responding to the well understood fact that some of these kids will not eat if they don't show up at school. Now, many of us have never experienced anything like that. And we have no point of reference for that. And it seems unbelievable. It seems far fetched. But I will tell you, um, in working with an organization that was advocating for school choice, Mm -hmm. one of the things that Will and I came face to face with is that teachers in some situations are not just teaching classes. 
Some teachers in some situations are making sure that the kid stays awake during class because they slept in the family's car the night before. Mm-hmm. Or they were sleeping on the floor of somebody's house that they didn't even know. And yeah, is it irresponsible on the parents, the parents' part? Probably, most likely. But it's a reality that in the United States of America, there are kids who, if they don't get breakfast from school, they don't get lunch from school, those are probably meals that those who are tasked with caring for them are not going to get to them. And and our compassion needs to be provoked. We need to be asking the question, okay, one, do I have pockets in my community like that? You probably do. And you probably do. With all that's going on with the schools, you know, you probably do. And I think... To your point, this is a, a chance where the church uh, outside of the walls could be the church, you know, yeah. and, and, and take up, you know, some of those issues. If you're able to, if it, you know, if your church is able to, to you know, offer a hand, you know, to the, the children who may not have food, you know, or may need to, food to be brought to them. This is a perfect opportunity to try to help out with that. You know, we were um, there was a school in New Orleans that was converted to a charter school where they uh, planted a garden and, um, you know, started teaching kids how to make food. And and they were taking the steps to change the community where the school was because they realized that they couldn't educate the kids if the kids couldn't focus. They were coming to school hungry. They were coming to school Um, having, you know, spent the night in situations where you would say, how could a kid live through that? Right. That's a reality. Right. That's a reality. And by God's grace, many of us are not touched by that on a regular basis. Um, But I will say this, you know, in all of the talking that we've been doing this week, one of the things that we continue to go back to scripturally Mm -hmm. is that Jesus Christ allowed himself to be touched by the things that touch us when he didn't have to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. He allowed himself to suffer, leaving us a pattern of suffering so that we could learn how to do it. One and two, be willing to do it. So there are people around us who are hurting, who are in need, and it may not be the kind of hurt or the kind of need that we have any kind of personal experience with. Mm -hmm. I mean, the king of glory. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, anyway, allowed himself, allowed himself to suffer on our behalf. And so I think that Christians have a pattern and we have a model that we can implement or that we can employ to be willing to suffer for the cause of Christ and meeting the needs of people around us. Uh, Um, Also, I wanted to say, you know, it's a good time to lean into discipling your kids while they're home. And I think a lot of Christian parents are going to see, hmm, I can do this, you know. Yes. Uh, As far as, and I'm speaking bluntly as far as, homeschooling and you know i think a lot of parents will be able to check out and say okay now that i'm kind of forced to do some things man this is not bad you know and i and if the lord is leading as you should be praying that may be something that that's another option going forward so yeah i think that one of the worst things that could happen during a time like this i just read that in mississippi mississippi schools are closed until april 17th um it's coming from tate reeves this you know Hmm. so i i think that the worst thing that could happen in a situation like this is that parents see this as just a break for the kids or how do I entertain them? Mm-hmm. I would recommend, and tomorrow, hopefully you'll listen, we're going to have a representative from Answers in Genesis on with us tomorrow. We're going to talk about what you can do at home during this time to educate your kids, to train your kids, to disciple your kids. This is a task that the Lord has called you to. 
Mm-hmm. He has called you to this, which means you're equipped to do it. Amen. Right? So we're going to talk about that tomorrow, and I hope I hope that you'll listen. Don't veg out. Don't <laughs> queue up movies and just watch them over and over and over again, but really equip your kid and fortify them. Amen. All right, we're out of time for today. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.